welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. For those of you with two or more children, this topic will be near and dear to your hearts because it's sibling rivalry. And I have two people here to help us talk about this, who both have siblings and were siblings, so they have, and they deal with this on both a personal and a professional level. I have Judy House, the director of the Walnut Creek School, and, and I have uh, Alex Dutton, director of Lafayette School. Okay, hello. Hello. While we know that siblings will eventually be best friends, and it's so wonderful to have that unique relationship, but until they get to that point, there is a lot of bickering and fighting that can drive us crazy. I myself was one of four children, and I remember meal times as being like a gladiator match. Today, we'll talk with Judy about ways to help siblings get along and create positive relationships. She has some great tips. Judy has two children of her own who are 11 and 7 years old. And Alex is going to tell us about lots of her experiences, both as a parent <laughs> and as a sibling. Okay, Judy, what is, what are your children's what is your children's relationship like? Um, currently, they get along really well most of the time. <laughs> She's lucky. <laughs> yeah. That said, they don't. You know, they're not perfect children. Sorry, children. Um, they do bicker and have times where they're not getting along. And something, I guess, when I. When I knew I was going to have a second child way back when, Dorothy, I asked you what I could do to build strong sibling relationships, and you suggested lots of big sister gifts, because you knew of a relationship that that had really helped. And so I did that. I'm, you know, I'm a preschool teacher, too, and I enjoy preschool toys, so I bought a lot of little plastic animals. And when I was on maternity leave, and I would drop Prairie off at school, at Old Firehouse School, and then come back, um, we would bring her a plastic animal and on the way to school we would talk about oh I wonder what river's gonna get you is it gonna be the baby cub to complete the bear family or we'll have to wait and see and so Prairie was excited you know for River and I to come back and pick her up and River would have a present for her you know parents have a hard time not comparing children what effect do you think that has I think comparing children, it's going to make one of the children feel bad if you do it in front of them. Um, I think it's it's best to remember each child is unique. And if you're having an issue with one child, work on that issue with the child without bringing up, you know, oh, you know, your sister takes a shower without complaining and giving me a fuss. It's even like at mealtimes. I think that's almost the easiest one of like, oh, look, your brother's almost done with his dinner and you haven't even touched it. And it's little things like that that can be these little digs of just you, you're pitting them against each other. And that's not what you want. You want them to be friends. You want them to cooperate and work together and doing things like, oh, your brother got his shoes on faster than you did. Or, oh, your sister's already finished with her dinner. Now she gets dessert. That already is creating competition right. that is going to exist whether or not you do anything about it. Like siblings are always going to compete on some level, but putting that comparison in place is just making that competition become more you know, alive in your house. Right. Which so is, with yeah. the dinner example, then instead you could say something like, Ooh, I, I hope you eat more because I don't want you to be hungry later or to whoever's not finishing their dinner. Right. Like not make it about. Right. Make it about, one. I don't want you to be hungry later, not make it about your brother's almost finished and you have hardly started. So is there a way that you organize your family life so that you can make each child feel special? Something we actually did this week, and we've 
done for a while. One of my kids has an art class, and so my husband drops her off, and I, after work, pick her up, and then we go out on the town and have dinner and spend a couple hours together just wandering around looking at stores or whatever, <laughs> going to the pet store. And while my son goes home with dad and they have a little boys night and this week they ordered pizza and I'm not sure. I think they watched some YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> so you make sure there's a special evening for each child. Right, right. So, Cause they each want to feel special and valued mm-hmm. and unique and known from their parents. Mm-hmm. There's another article I remember reading about a f- mom that would just each evening after dinner, just take a 10 minute walk with one of her three children. And so it wasn't a a big multiple hour long event. It was like a 10 minute walk and just like, Mm -hmm. oh, Tuesday is your sister's night. You know, Wednesday is this child's night. Thursday is this other child's night and giving them that special time. And I know that that's, that sounds like a really wonderful idea that I wanted to talk about. And I've I've just known other families Mm -hmm. that will do something like that, where like maybe you know, one Friday a month is going to be, you know, this child's night with just mom. And then the dad gets the other two and then they'll switch off back and forth. But making that effort that you don't have to do everything as a family all together all the time. That once in a while it is just kind of nice where you just have the one child and you're doing something special with that one sibling. So what if one child is always saying something negative or frequently says something negative. The older child usually says something negative to the younger child. How do you help with that? So instead of, you know, say in my case, you know, she called me an idiot instead of being like, oh, just ignore her. You want to help them process their feelings so that they can move on and not build up resentment. So I might say something like, yeah, that would irritate me too. And then that's kind of the end of it. Or we can talk to big sister and say, you know, he wants to be called by his name. But generally that kind of, it helps it fizzle out if I just acknowledge like, yeah, I wouldn't like that either. That doesn't always work in my house, <laughs> but I'm, I want to do more of that. But what Elliot's doing more now is wanting to be like, well, mama, aren't you going to do anything about it? And I will say, I'm, I'm, I think you can go and talk to your brother about it. And you can tell him, I didn't like when you called that to me, when you called me that name and vice versa. So I'm trying to get them to mm-hmm. learn how to figure it out instead of always needing me to right. do something We do that it. also. I give them the words like, oh, you can tell her I don't like that or mm-hmm. I want to be called River. Right. Um, or we can remind her to be a bucket filler, not a right. <laughs> bucket dipper. Right. Okay. I've heard you mention something called Alpha Hierarchy, the Mama Bear and Papa Bear stuff. Can you tell me about that? Sure. Yeah, it was something I remembered from Todd Sarner Talks. He's done multiple parent talks for us at Old Firehouse School, um, where his example is like, say your kids are playing really well together, and you're like, great, I'm going to go start dinner or do some house cleaning or whatever. Um, And typically, if you just leave them to their own devices, after 20 or 30 minutes, they'll start going at it. And how he explains it is, you know, they need somebody to be alpha or the, the mama bear or the papa bear around. And if they don't feel that sense that someone's in charge, they'll start fighting for that power. And so his tip to get them to extend their play longer is to just check in. Like if they typically can go about 20 minutes, maybe around 15 minutes, you check in and be like, oh, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, great. Yeah, I see you're really enjoying that game or you're doing this or that just coming and commenting and establishing your still in charge and you're still around and then going back to your dinner or your cleaning or whatever you're doing. And so it, it will help them feel 
that somebody here is in charge and I don't have to be. Right. I can just keep playing. I love that idea. It makes so much sense because it is so much of the fighting that ends up happening at my house is just the who's who's trying to rule the game or the be the boss of whatever is being played with right now and the other one trying to yeah, kind of take that position or deciding I don't want to play that game anymore and and right, just needing a little bit of that adult adult presence to to help help keep things in check. So to both of you, what are some other ways to build the relationships with your siblings? When they're really little, I think also getting them involved and like when you have, you know, your bitty baby is doing some of the first milestones like rolling over or sitting up or walking, helping get big brother or sister excited about that. Like, look, they can do that now. You know, one day they're going to be so big they they can play with you Um, and helping them be excited for baby. Sometimes what I do is I, (laughs) back to gift giving, I, I let them help pick out birthday gifts or holiday gifts for each other so they get excited to give something or pick out something for um, their brother or sister. Mm-hmm. And there's also cooperative games you can play at home, simply like sitting with them and passing like a, a cotton ball on a spoon around. Um, something we do at preschool also where we call them like, yes, or oh well games. So if if it goes well, then everybody celebrates the victory. Yes, you know, it's a group victory. And if it, you know, the cotton ball falls off, we say, oh, well, we can try again. Um, and so that helps the bond, too, where it's not really a competition. It's like a group win. I think there are also different activities that are, again, not going to be necessarily competitive, but will help build relationships. And also, and pointing out to the older one, oh, your little sister isn't, you know, she doesn't know how to do this yet. So let's give her this role in this game. And And pointing out to the older children your baby can't do this yet or your little sister can't do this yet is okay and saying but she is good at taking care of the toy animals or she can feed make the food or something just giving them clues to like this is what your sibling can do so that they don't necessarily get frustrated when the younger sibling can't keep up with the older sibling and allowing the older sibling or the younger sibling too like oh you you know you can play this game because you you're really good at at helping build this, or you're really good with making Play-Doh balls or something. Um, and, and just pointing out the, the things that both children are good at and how they can work together to do that too. Like I'll, I'll try to do that with my children when they're playing of, if, and pointing out like, oh, both of you have these different strengths. So it's, you know, let's work on that together. Well, I have another question. What do you do with that eternal remark by children that's not fair when one child gets something and another child doesn't when they don't feel that they're equal so what do you do about the that's not fair syndrome well I, I would acknowledge that you know you sound frustrated that it doesn't feel fair to you and then I would say you know different children have different needs um, and to the parents out there you know we don't need to treat all children equally they need to be treated uniquely because all of the kids are different and have different needs Another common one in my house is like, well, he started it, she started it, and I didn't ask who started it. It doesn't matter who started it. And then go on from there, whatever the problem is. Right. I mean, coming into to a situation like that as neutral as possible, which can be hard when you kind of were overhearing what was happening, but coming in as neutral as possible, and instead of the she started it and it, responding to that, just coming in and going, oh, you're having a problem. What's happening? Can I help you? 
and again, trying to be neutral and not judging each child of, of where they are. But right, that the not fair comes up in my house a lot too. And I do just say, it doesn't have to be fair. I'm sorry that you don't like that. So here's another big question that we all face every day with young children. What are you going to do about fighting, both verbally and physically at home? What's your best strategy? <laughs> well, that never happens at my house. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, if it's a really young child, say somebody took a toy, um, you can, you know, with a toddler, you can basically just hand them a different toy. Most of the time that works. When they get a little older, however, and they both want the same toy for sure, um, and I try to sportscast the problem. Um, we can try, like, at school, you know, you can have it for five minutes and then you'll have it for five minutes. Like Alex was saying, with older kids, too, you can say, what's happening? How can I help? And problem solve together as a family. It just, it depends on everybody's verbal language skills. I think another piece, too, though, is to allow children to have some conflict and not always step in. And this is going to be where you're, you as a parent are going to have to gauge the safety of all the children. Like, is my three-year-old going to hit my infant on the top of you know, with a block on the top of her head with a block. But if it's something where you can just kind of gauge their possibility of maybe figuring it out, see if you can allow that to happen. It's not always going to work out, but they are going to be siblings for the rest of their lives. And you as a parent are not going to be there to solve every single problem they're going to have. So if possible, see if they can figure it out. It happens at my house a lot where I'm going to be, let's say, in the kitchen and I hear my kids from the other room. No, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. Oh, no, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to tell on you. And I'm I'm sitting in the kitchen just kind of listening and wondering, do I need to go up there? But I also trust that my children aren't going to really hurt each other. And I'll just see. And there have been times where like, okay, they'll yell at each other for 20 seconds and then one walks away or they just stop and continue playing. And I kind of can take a deep breath and go, oh, good. <laughs> they figured it out. And they, But that doesn't always happen. I mean, definitely there are times where I will go up there and, and ask, you know, can I help you? But I do try to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And when they do figure it out, I bet later on you say, hey, I heard you guys arguing and you solved the problem all by yourselves to kind of promote more of that. Right. I try to remember to do that. But yes, like giving them that reinforcement that like, you know, I'm glad you guys figured that out. So we'd like to leave you with some last tidbits. Here's some scripts that Judy actually uses with kids, her children, and other children at difficult moments. So take it away, Judy. Yeah. Well, when they say, you know, you're always with the baby, you might want to say, oh, I just read a book to you. But acknowledging their feelings sounds like, you don't like me spending so much time with the baby. Or when they say, she said I'm dumb, you might say something like, I'll just ignore him. But acknowledging the feeling sounds more like a comment like that would make me mad. Or when they say, she did it on purpose, she bumps me and then she walks away. You might be tempted to say, you're fine, you're okay. But acknowledging their feelings sounds more like you feel he does it just to irritate you. So you're, you're acknowledging their feelings so they can process it and move on. And these, some of these tips were directly from a book called Siblings Without Rivalry. So to end the 
this podcast, I just want to say that your children will have each other for many, many, many years of their lifetime. And if you focus on love in the end, that's what's going to come through when they're 40, 50, 20. That's what's going to come through. So just remember to keep the love in your home. And that's my last final words. Dorothy always has the last word. It's not fair. Life is not fair. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>